This week on the show, we're joined by Super Bunny Hop. And if you're enjoying the show and want to support it, make sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash kojimafreak. Are you, are you like me where, where if you, like a normal day is like 40 to 50 tabs? Uh, I think I'm in more of the mid 30s. Okay, so I have a problem. Then. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> S- sim- similar ballpark, and I imagine similar problems arise from that too. My tab addiction literally necessitated the addition of a of 16 gigs of RAM to my PC today. <laughs> necessitated, you say? Yes, yes. Because I'm I'm also trying to do software development uh, at the same time, which is not smart. Oh, so it's uh more demanding than just like 50 yeah. tabs of uh of, of the latest blue box conspiracy theory <laughs> right yeah i can basically either have visual studio running or chrome at or this chrome point. pick one yeah yeah, with yeah. The, the the 50 tabs with like pieces of string connecting them all together in a grand plot <laughs> fingers yo it's apache smash hey everyone this is days ahead and i'm nitroid you're listening to the kojima frequency there's still a lot of that i I can't believe like this long after the fact people are still doing that so what's the latest i heard it was like officially canceled or something um i don't think it was officially canceled but man they they're being very indirect about what they're doing that's not and, good no it's not <laughs> Ev- everything by now everything about this screams huckster who got in over their head i haven't once been excited for it either like the the anything that they've shown i've just been like okay like none of it has been like oh i can't wait to see the next bit of that it's just been right i, I don't get the appeal at all here unless it you know, I mean, I guess that's why people threw the Silent Hill thing on there. It's just like that IP makes that that one footprint a big deal. But if without it, it's just like tech demo. OK. I don't understand the argument that because that first trailer was OK, right? Like, is the argument, oh, this looks just crappy enough. So clearly it's <laughs> Kojima pulling one over on us. Really? I, I I think that these are the uh, the sins of Joachim Mogren coming back to haunt us all. Right. Yeah. That's a good title right there. He did not really know what beast he was unleashing with, with that stunt. To be fair, you would think he would, because, you know, everything was all predicted in Metal Gear Solid 2 anyway, but... Right? Like, I kind of want to <laughs> blame, as much as I love MGS2, I kind of want to blame it for this. Like, that's patient zero. Yeah. But... Yeah, there's, with there's with... too much garbage talk in the primordial soup of the memes. Yep. And then he did it again with PT. Well, with PT, people had it figured out in like a it was more more than a day, but I think it was around a week ish. But people still figured it out really, really fast. I I shit you not, the within I wanna <clears throat> say a half hour of the Phantom Pain trailer hitting the internet. Someone texted me and said, dude, look at this image. Somebody overlaid Metal Gear Solid over the title. It's totally MGSV. <laughs> that's that's how it works these days. But that's another sort of nail in the coffin to this whole line of thinking is that if this were the case, is are we just to believe that like, OK, these past two little fun ARG type 
marketing things that he's done in the past. People solved that super quick. Everybody knew what it was. But this time, it's this five-year clandestine, uh, like, deep op that he has structured. Like, is that really the... No. That's... What's the... What is the point? What is the benefit here? The, the nail in the coffin of most, if not all, conspiracy theories is trying to figure out what the motive would be. Yeah, it doesn't... I don't get the end game, And I've seen so many people who are like, you you just got to look at the connections and you got to see how this connects to this and how this and mirrors that and this and that. And I'm and I just look at it and I'm like, OK, but to what end? How how does this sell more video games? Right. Like like is is as deep and meaningful as, as the art of video games can be the. The sad reality at the end of the day is, is that there's still kind of commercial art that's supposed to sell mm -hmm. a product at some point in the process. And look, I'm 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 all in on the it's art, you know, side of the debate here. But I mean, come on. Although I would love absolutely positively love to see Kojima go full like RPG maker dev. <laughs> like like just making weird stuff for free at, with no budget like he might as well it'll get hundreds of thousands of people will play whatever he uh he stamps his name on so it also lends to my headcanon that toby fox is his bastard child <laughs> well was it the that the moral of the story of mgs2 is that by playing mgs2 we are all bastard <clears throat> childs of of kojima's <laughs> genetic memes I mean, yeah, I guess so. It's just that we, instead of, you know, passing on like we were supposed to, we all, like, actually acted like children and <laughs> cried for something more. <laughs> the, 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 and vantant terribles. I'm trying to do the whole of MGS3 blindfolded, but it's just kind of on hold for a little bit. The, the fact that you can do the bosses blindfolded is insane enough, dude. Actually, you were trying a challenge that uh, George had initially done, right? Oh, no. Yeah, so, George, your um, no weapons run of MGS3. No, no trank, no non-lethal European extreme. Yeah, I want to do that single segment Foxhound. I've got the route, but I just need to actually do it. What does single segment mean? No saves. Oh, so you have to do it all in one sitting? Yeah. Uh, I, I have so many questions, but I don't know how far, like, off topic we're allowed to get. What? Go for it. This is, go for it. <laughs> so, so, so how do you prepare for that, that sort of session dietarily? What, what do you eat and how do you schedule your, uh, your bathroom breaks? <laughs> so I'm going to go for Foxhound on it. So as soon as I make a mistake, it's done. Like, I, and I have to start from the beginning again. Um. I've got a strong diet of cigarettes and monster energy drinks, so... Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, it's more about just, like... Breakfast of champions. It's working out, like, I had to work out every... Like, find a strap for every single room. Um, I had to find something for the Fury, because you use the Mose in the gun, but I'm just going to kill him with rolls. <laughs> which is hard, as, you, as, you, as you'll know, because um, sometimes he just doesn't play nice. Um, Wait, so does that leave like less room for mistakes? Because you said if you make one mistake, then you have to start over. Yeah, so if if I die or if I get caught anywhere, then I start from the beginning. So so are our rolls into the pain and actually or not the pain, it was the fury, right? 
Yeah, yeah, the Fury. Is that actually a more safer, like, risk-mitigating strategy than the Mosin Nagant? No, the Mosin Nagant's what we use in, like, the normal speedrun. Kills him in eight hits. It's super so, good. So you just... it it, it This is just to show off. It's to just make it harder. <laughs> it's like, I like doing challenge runs of the game. Like, I, I did, like, European Extreme, European Extreme oh my uh, with Tuxedo. You just did the cigar run, too, right? I, w- I haven't done a Foxhound run of it yet, but I'm working on it. Like and a- Real life cigar run. Yeah. <laughs> just drains your health while you're doing it. The more you're, yeah. the more right. you're focused the on that run. Chain smoking. You have to finish <laughs> it back. He bought like an imported cigar to celebrate when yeah, he finishes got, that run. I got the same one that he that he has in the game. Like this, the the called Petit Upmans. That what JFK used to smoke. Um, they're they're petite, one. but they're like this huge chunk. They are big. Yeah, no, they are big. Um, and it was like 25 quid. The minigun of, <laughs> of cigar products. So we're all definitely familiar with you, George. Uh, but for the people that are listening and aren't familiar, if you wanted to give yourself like a quick introduction. Oh, hello. Uh, I am special guest George. Uh, I am a a YouTuber video essayist who uh, does a lot of, of of like like criticism and, and research and and sometimes news and journalism and uh, like like ten years ago some of my most popular videos were about uh, uh, critically analyzing Metal Gear Solid games and then five years ago some of my most popular videos were journalistic coverage of Kojima leaving the. Uh, the the Konami offices and a lot of the uh, uh, minutiae and details and wacky predictions that turned out to come true that were happening around that time. Um, yes, hello, that is me. I've got to ask, which prediction uh, specifically sort of sort of made you go, okay, wow? The big one was that Konami would just like stop doing video games altogether, and like like. They didn't 100% go all the way out, but after Metal Gear Solid, after Metal Gear Survive, like there was this absolute drought where where it's like basically some really uh, uh, like like surefire uh, bread and butter Yu-Gi-Oh tie in titles. And, and that was it. And for like a legacy software publisher that like put names like Metal Gear Solid and Castlevania on the map, it was it was quite a shock to to hear that that was what people on the inside were thinking was about to happen. So there was some expectation. Yeah. Yeah, they switched to, like, low-effort mode, where it was like, you know, you got Contra mm-hmm. Rogue Corps and, you know, the, the collections. I, I am thankful for the collections that they've been putting out. We got that Cowbunga collection on the way, but... uh there was a, a the GOG re-release as well, but yeah. you know the the thing that turned out to be true was that wow, it's been freaking nothing for years upon years at this point. Yeah. And um, I mean, as of the last what I think it was, it's oh my god, how long has it been since the license like MGS two and three has been revoked? It, now it's months. almost a net negative instead of nothing, instead of neutral. Oh, and, and the whole while we were uh, just talking before doing these official introductions about how it, that just seems to have made the fans hungrier and more ravenous and more ready to accept anything as, uh, as, as a big reveal. I, I, I remember when um, uh, the, the news was breaking that all these big companies were buying each other out a few months ago when... Uh, uh, Microsoft bought Bethesda, and then mm-hmm. uh, 
Activision, Activision later. Group, and yeah. uh, the the big rumors circulating around, there was always a, oh, someone's going to buy Konami rumor swirling around. Or, uh, oh, oh, Konami's going to buy someone else <laughs> to to get the, the Konami games flowing again. Thing is, though, I don't think anything like that is likely to happen. Most people don't really right. know that Konami is a family business. But but people are thirsty. People who, yeah. you know, aren't aren't super duper invested weirdos like us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the thirst levels are are uh, uh, just gotten unreal since uh, the the official breakup between Kojima and Konami. And now everything's a conspiracy in in real life anyway <laughs> let alone whatever is is happening around uh uh Kojima's own personal projects have you been keeping track of of some of the clock conspiracies i don't know if you guys were talking about that before i joined the channel but <laughs> no we didn't get to the clocks yet <laughs> oh man i i typed this uh search phrase into google kojima clocks and see an article with the headline that uh Fans have spotted a a series of clocks on Kojima's Instagram that seem to ominously be counting down to midnight. What could it mean? <sighs> we don't know what it means, but it's you provocative. Know well, I'll tell you, I, I I I let myself go down the rabbit hole a little bit the other night, and I came to the startling conclusion that the clocks were just at least the 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 analog clock was just showing the time in Los Angeles. I I refuse to believe it. No, it, it, <laughs> it is counting down to the announcement for 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 Boktai three. You just wait and see. <laughs> but we already got that. It's good. Oh, Snatchers to police knots revelations. Uh, all that old <laughs> shit is about to, to get get re-released, and that's what the clocks mean. I am holding out for an HD remaster of that stock trading game that they worked on. <laughs> Wait, that's what they needed. Stock trading game. Yeah, Hold Kojima on. Productions made um, two stock trading training games. How do I not know about that? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Uh, I think it was um, it's it's something like stock training trader Kabutore, stock something like trading, that. Training, stock Kojima training trader. Stock... Yeah. So this is from two thousand six. Okay, yeah, so that kind of sort of explains why I might not have known about it. But but they did like two of them. Hmm. So They're... really, Cruelty Squad was not breaking new ground. <laughs> Kojima setting you know, setting the <laughs> the benchmark once again. <laughs> He makes he makes a snide tweet about it. He's like, "Well, I did do that, and uh, you know that that stock trading game." I wonder. I wonder what sort of dire predictions uh, uh, turned out to be true in that one. Yeah, I'm really interested in the story. But but anyways, do do we have confirmation <laughs> that these clocks really are indeed <laughs> merely the the reproduction of 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 uh, of the time in Los Angeles at the time of the photo? At least the one I checked was. Well. <laughs> My thing is, and and it's 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 funny how we just kind of discuss a, a, a possible or the the universe where Kojima makes like uh, a a free to play 
um, game, RPG maker game. But the one thing that caught my eye was not the clocks necessarily, but just the amount of office space that he had. Like the scale, the vaulted ceilings. It makes me wonder sort of, you know, what scale his next project is going to be. Um, but again, I'm trying not to dive into it because I'm trying not to be that guy. So was uh, I, I remember when these cryptic photos were first posted of him uh, uh, showing his office getting cleaned out there. There were a bunch of cryptic conspiracy theories over whether or not they, they had declare bankruptcy or uh, were, were getting ousted by the feds. I don't know. Did it turn out to be way more innocent and innocuous than all that? <laughs> that would be amazing if he got ousted by the feds. <laughs> they were running a meth lab <laughs> the whole time. He's like the actual Gus Fring, but for like video games. He is Mr. Big. <laughs> Mr. Big Boss. <laughs> God. Um, no, it looks like they just needed to to move to a bigger office. Um, it is kind of strange seeing him sort of scale up that much there a, a long time ago. Yeah, bigger. Yeah. Well, he had talked before about I think it was around the time of MGS three or four. I can't quite remember, but he he mused once about the difficulties of having these bigger teams and how it was harder to sort of keep, you know, it's sort of a centralized, unified vision for a game when you've got so many people in such a large team and it just becomes harder to manage. And so maybe it's because they want to get into other areas than just game development. I know he's talked about making movies and anime and there's, you know, there's going to be the LA studio and all those things. So maybe that's why they're expanding. Yeah. But I also remember a lot of quotes shortly after the release of death stranding about how it had a uh, sale sold quite a bit under expectations. So, so that also kind of sort of, Hmm. Like Did it though? Because the prediction of them going bigger rather than smaller. I've read a lot of those reports and and they all seem to be conjecture with no actual numbers. The most anyone could say is Sony usually brags when something sells well and they didn't this time. There's a quote from from him. He he said something like He made a joke like if I like oh, there's a comment it was like yeah. if I could predict the future, everybody's like, Oh, he predicted the future with Death Stranding. He's like, if I could predict the future, then Death Stranding would so probably have had more sales. More copies, right? <laughs> yeah. But but I, I also wouldn't be surprised if it ended up turning around in the long tail with the, the PC and next gen re-releases, as well as uh, 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 more more positive voices of, of critical praise sort of uh, uh, eking out of the, the 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 meme soup in the year after after that right. first launch. Everyone's talking about how that predicted Fox Diamond, et cetera. I said the, I said the word we're going to get algorithms now um, <laughs> or, or at least made it way more relatable. Right. Meanwhile, Konami is making, I think they had $1.71 billion in revenue uh, last year. Something like that. Just well, absolutely well, ridiculous. Health centers opening right back up. They also run the gyms. Yep. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I wish it was uh, or more and more common knowledge or more easier to know what sort of other businesses these big multinational conglomerates have their fingers in because it is hard to tell sometimes over here and uh it, it was always shocking when i was in japan when i would see the konami logo on on uh random buildings that had nothing to do with video games 
and then the Square Enix logo on like book publishing and stuff. That's right. You did go to Japan. You were um, was it specifically for um, not to change the subject, but I wanted to ask you about this. It was when you went to Japan. Was it specifically for that Metal Gear Solid? Um, specifically. Like, yeah, the, the escape room, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I thought you were talking about the patchy slot machine, actually. Oh, I guess, yeah, you did that, too. Um, yeah. But I guess specifically for those. Specifically, right. Yeah, yeah, it might as well. And I was planning one for uh, the Nintendo theme park um, launching in uh, Universal Studios Tokyo, and then the, the, the search engine optimization term happened. <laughs> Yeah, um, that kind of killed a lot of plans. I hear they're finally opening back up, albeit slowly now, though. But yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't see why not. If I can make a fun video out of out of the trip and and get some tax write off business expenses from it too, and oh man, I didn't even think about that. Good reason to go. All right, we got to plan a trip now. <laughs> right. Well, on, it time. was a lot easier before the the. The Backstreet Boys reunion tour, uh, you know, now now you have to like quarantine for two weeks in a hotel before you're allowed to to leave and go into Japan proper. You have to go through a processing facility and something. Yeah. And they had tourism closed down for for months upon months. It might even still be closed down. I I have I've I've been trying to pay attention to that again, and it just makes me sad. Yeah, they're but, uh, they're not screwing around. No, they don't want to take chances. Which I've is accepted. Funny. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's funny because um, for a while, for the first year and a half, I think they were reporting fairly benign case numbers in Japan. But I think nowadays the uh, the 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 numbers are getting higher since they went through with a version of the Olympics. But I I was planning on going back for for real life Nintendo Land and that did not pan out. I've just accepted that, you know, if I decide to go to Nintendo Land, I will have to accept I'll be going to Florida to do so. So 2023, everyone. Oh, that's right. They are opening one here, too, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, but yeah, you know, Super Buddy Hop is the number one name and the latest breaking hot news <laughs> stories that, that come here before they're released in the West. And <laughs> and I guess I'll have to wait for Florida, too, now. Well, I, I yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> oh, well, because I mean, what are the chances of a Metal Gear Solid escape room opening in the West like Zilch, right? Yeah. What are it the is, chances of Metal Gear Solid anything at this point? <laughs> it is so weird to think back on something that that I I did like two and a half years ago that already now seems like something that'll never happen again for the rest of history. And I it's like I a just, different world, you know? It's, yeah, it's, like you really don't know what you got till it's gone. I do have to ask one thing about the the Japan trip. Uh this may be a stupid question, and I feel like you even answered it in one of your videos, but what's up with the noodle footage? Okay, so... <laughs> the floating noodles. The, 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 the noodle footage is, is, is uh, what we in the business like to call B-roll. <laughs> <where, laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you don't really know what to, what to 
throw onto the screen on on a certain chunk of narration just just fill it up with footage of noodle machines that's what that term means um yeah it's it's a cool noodle machine that genuinely had me fascinated at first glance and uh it looks like there's this gravity defying magic going on until you get up <laughs> up close and see the, the the zipper and the costume so to speak but um i i i i I, I don't know why it's of, of question. It looks like a, a normal magical noodle <laughs> machine to me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm surprised it's such a big deal with everyone. <laughs> That's some good B-roll, I guess. I'm always on the watch out for it. Anytime hey, there's a video hey. with any relevance to Japan, I'm like, all right, where is it? Yeah. Here somewhere. And now, now since I have uh, adopted my, my new puppy dog, Eddie, I am uh, beginning a practice of uh, including E-roll in, in videos where I'll just have footage of me playing with my dog over over me talking about stocks <laughs> i just got a puppy as well aren't they wonderful no shit's all over my house <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. i'll stop soon and uh he's uh he's got like razor sharp teeth and when he plays he tends to like bite and he's like he's not aware of like how sharp his teeth are yet are you sure you didn't get a cougar anyone could see that's a wolf <laughs> Well, he, he, he's, th th it's going to become wonderful. Just, just give him some time. Yeah, no, I, 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 I fucking love him. I actually love him. He's so great. With a name like Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. I mean, he'll, he'll turn out all right. Yeah. 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 He'll, he just needs time. He just needs time and then he'll be appreciated. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like him now, you'll like him when he's older. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, did you actually name him that on paper? I feel like an idiot even yes. asking this. You did? did? No, you did. Oh, no. What are you going to say when, like, you got to shout their name really fast? MGS2. It wasn't like I was not shouting Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty before I had a puppy, so. <laughs> like, like I'm imagining you running <laughs> through the street chasing after this dog. Metal Gear Solid 2. Shouting <laughs> hysterically <laughs> down the sidewalk like Paul Revere. I can already see the the ring or the next door alert. Lost pet Metal Gear Solid Two. <laughs> Sons of Liberty. Only on you Xbox. Should, God, just, just <laughs> report him missing for like five minutes and then say, "Oh wait, no, I found him." Just to get that alert to go up. <laughs> yeah. And then post another one. Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty is still missing because Konami won't buy those fucking license renewals. <laughs> yeah. When um. when when you're at the vet and you're filling out paperwork, and and there's the line where it says where the the dog's name goes. What well, what do you write there? Um, I just put his full name. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's really fun every single Konami time. Konami literally his stole name. his dog. <laughs> it's stolen, taking it back. No. What what do you do when you go to check the mail and you find a subpoena to go to court because Konami <laughs> is suing you for misuse of their trademark? Konami, Konami, what do no you do then? No Could you imagine? That'd be so I funny. thought you were going to say he got a subpoena because Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty like, bit a mailman or some shit. <laughs> well, well, what's what's your plan? You got to have a plan. <laughs> I had I had a plan to get another one and call him Snake Eater actually, but I don't, I don't, it's proven to actually be quite difficult to have a puppy. I get like four hours sleep now because he 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 like he wants to play all the time. He wakes me up really early. 
What kind of uh, what kind of dog is is he? He's a Lagoto Romagnolo, so everyone thinks that he's a cockapoo, but he's he's Lagotos are like the. That only sounds like a fruit in MGS three. It sounds like something you order at an Italian. <laughs> Until I googled it, I thought you were like screwing with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you catch on quick if you think I would screw with you. So, so uh, the Lagoto Roman. <laughs> The Roman Yolo Legoto Roman <laughs> The Roman Yolo Legoto Roman Gnolo, pronounced Lagoti Roman Yolo, is a breed of dog from northern Italy that traces its origin back hundreds of years. There, I did it. <laughs> yeah, he said La Le Lule Legoto. <laughs> oh, get out of here. So I couldn't do it. I couldn't help myself. You're done. We're done. I couldn't help We're myself. We're done. This joke's over. That was taken Why? too far. I, I can't believe this is a real dog breed. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> please get a collar with, like, the name printed on one of those little things so and take yeah, a picture I, of it. But I've heard that if you get if you get the dog's name printed on the collar, when people go to steal it, they can call its name. But if I get it printed, they would probably just be more confused. Yeah. We're all confused. They'd be like, oh, is this like Metal Gear Solid 2 merch? Like, it's like actual dog tags. <laughs> Kojima's avant-garde marketing gone too far. <laughs> what, what if there's some kind of local news story? Like like uh, an apartment <laughs> complex burns down and, and the, the reporter is interviewing you on the scene about the damage and, and, and they need your name and your dog's name to uh, write the report. Are you still going to give them the actual... <laughs> are you going to tell you the better. world it, on the news that, that in front of, like, the ruins of, of burnt buildings that you named your dog Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty? Absolutely. If anybody will do that, Apache would. He's doing more with that title than Konami is. Greatest Hits Collection HD <laughs> Re-release by Blue Box Games. Anything to bring awareness. Re-release would be if it had puppies. That's dedication. Wow. I, I'm impressed, actually. <laughs> yeah, puppies. Puppies are great. Your dog, if it knew, it would hate you. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. It bit me today. So. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, sort of off topic. People, people, I always have to remind folks that like I didn't name my I named my cat BB before Death Stranding was even like announced or before like BB was a thing just because I couldn't think of a name. So I just kept calling her baby girl and then evolved to BB and then Kojima stole my shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, if Kojima does something that someone else already did, it becomes his. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah, you know how weird it is, actually, speaking of that, how weird it is watching movies after a childhood of growing up on Metal Gear Solid instead of, like, 80s, 90s action movies. And oh, realizing God, the bet. references are going the other way than you thought they were going. Oh, God, yes. yeah. Like, like that scene where... um. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, he jumps off a dam and, and there's like three camera angles of him falling down. And I remember seeing it parodied on The Simpsons. And as a kid, I was like, wow, I can't believe The Simpsons is uh, so, <laughs> so, so <laughs> convalescent. Yeah, <laughs> so aware so Metal of, Gear of culture <laughs> that, that they'd reference Metal Gear Solid. And uh, boy, I felt like an idiot 10 years later. There's also Homer backing up into the bushes. That's a snake eater moment. 
Yeah, that that was inspired by uh, the camo system of Metal Gear Solid Three <laughs> Snake Eater Greatest Hits Collection for for the Xbox One All in One Home Entertainment System, which is the name <laughs> of my iguana. <laughs> it is funny going backwards with it all though because i got into a lot of the films that are like mentioned in metal gear solid 3 because of metal gear solid 3 and I, they, all those things inspired metal gear and then i got into them all because of metal gear I I remember where I was the day I found out that uh, the uh, beginning of Metal Gear Solid 2 when he splashes down on the tanker and there's electricity everywhere. I, I remember where I was when I learned that was basically a, a shot stolen from Terminator 2. And you got uh, Solidus and his flame trails taken from Back to the Future. Mm. And straight up uh, naming your badass hairy man snake. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> like, uh, Snake is just getting blatant. Cool. My name's Pliskin. Ooh. Jeez, where'd you get Actually, that? Actually, watching the Escape from from New York movie as a Metal Gear Solid fan is such a trip every time. Right? It's like, whoa! Whole, he 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 really he really didn't come up with this stuff in a vacuum. Wow. Yeah. You know, I I kind of have to wonder, like, what is the most just egregious example of of borrowing something from Hollywood? Uh, and and why is it Die Hard Men? <laughs> I, was about, I was about to say Police Knots and the whole Lethal Weapon thing, but yeah, definitely mm-hmm. Die Hard Men. Uh, actually, there there. Oh man, I hate to say it, but there is kind of a, con- a consistency between Police Knots and Die Hard Men, and that is like Black Sidekick inspired by an action movie. <laughs> With uh, because isn't isn't um Police Knots what's his face like supposed to be Don Donnie Glover? It's- yeah, it's it's Riggs and Murtaugh in yeah. space. Yeah, and and then and then like the same thing with John. He's even named John McClane. What the fuck? Oh no, I have space cancer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the plot twists in uh, Police Knots. Everyone thinks they're a cool guy, but then they find out they have space cancer. Yeah, space. You think it's fun, but it's not. <laughs> That's the moral. That literally actually is the moral of the story in Police Knots. There is some clever stuff in there, though, where you can tell he was reading, uh, you know, like science journals and and. And just tabloids, magazines, anything he could get his hands on to get ideas for technology. Um, The white blood from Police Knots and then later, you know, used in, in Metal Gear. Um there i might be wrong on on the specifics here but uh i dug into this a little bit and there was an early uh experimental artificial blood called fluosol that was developed in japan in the 80s and it was white so artificial white blood predates police knots so, so so that he, comes from Kojima reading science journals just for fun. I honestly as, think as one does. I think he does. I mean, he's talked about doing it before, but it, look, I lo- I love his games. I really um you know, take a lot of inspiration from him, but there is this interesting belief that 
he is some sort of a prophet that comes up with these ideas, like you said, in a vacuum. And he he does not. He just, just reads he's a very lot. Very worldly. Yeah. Yeah. I I can see why a, a very like individualist in a very individualist world, someone this worldly would be so revered or seen. I, I mean, even in the case of right, yeah. I mean, even in the case of Metal Gear Solid Two, those were not new ideas. That it was just they hadn't been put together into a piece of you know pop culture media yet, but they'd been floating around for decades. It was still like like cutting edge for the time. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And medium like like it was like late 90s postmodernism riding on this wave of like House of Cards and, and X-Files, like pop culture getting self-aware and. Right. And then tying that in with the Internet being what it was at the time, it was just, you know, the, the right thing at the right moment. It meant it might not have landed with everybody, but, you know, how many years has it been? It went from I'm, I'm, I mean, do you remember at the time when that game came out, people really did not like the story <laughs> at I all. Re I remember reading uh, such opinions in the curated and published letters to the editors sections of video game <laughs> magazines, because that is largely what uh, what what people had back then. And then thinking to myself, Oh my God! The Lolly Lule Low is selecting what information I'm being exposed to, and the Lolly Lule yeah. Low does not want you to like this game. As 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 the years went on, having the villain of of this game be an imaginary amalgamation of like the opinions of of Americans being manipulated through electronic media was 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 as prophetic as everyone says it is. I'm just now realizing I'm not really saying anything anything new here. So much well, it's as fun we to just talk seem about. To, to be appreciating the, the genius of Kojima. Oh. Well, okay, well let me ask you this. Uh yes. on that same note with how MGS2 has sort of found its audience, you know, so many years after the fact, do you think that might happen with with MGSV? Because that's yeah, a little maybe. that's a little shakier, you Excuse know. Excuse me, MGS Cinco. Yeah, MGS Cinco. We get yelled at for calling it V. We get call, yelled at for calling it Five. We've settled on MGS Cinco. I I I still see that game being referenced as uh, the high point of the entire stealth genre as as a whole, which I don't know might be a, another question to to dissect and and tear apart. But uh, yeah, it still gets mentioned a lot, but always with the caveat that, uh, oh, the story is not as good as the previous ones. But I see a lot of comments on Reddit, at least, and on Twitter, on, on you know, the dregs of social media that will uh, cite it as the all-time uh, stealth game of all time. I don't think anybody really argues with, you know, how good the gameplay is. It's ridiculous how well that controls. But when it comes to the story... But... Yeah. It's weird. It's got the perfect alibi. I would not bring it on an island. I, yeah. I just as good as it is, I, I don't want to only play that game until the rest of my days. I, I as right. good as it is, I genuinely feel like we have so many places to go and have been in, in better places, too. Yeah, I mean. I don't know that game's faults. It it the theme of that game provides it with the perfect alibi for having those kinds of flaws.
it's the theme of missing something that got cut off that feels yeah. like it should be there. Right. Ooh. It's yeah. It's annoying because you can't. It, it, it almost <laughs> like rejects analysis in that. Yeah. Regard. It's uh. It's it's hilarious. But wasn't that also like my fan theory when I was doing my video on it? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It, it's so. Oh god. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> but it's not an invalid read of it, you know? And I mean, it wouldn't be right? the first time that a game has, that a, that a Kojima game has done something like this. I mean, that was MGS2's whole shtick, you know, meta and, uh, to a fault. And, and it kept itself together up until the very end of the very last tape of the very last mission. When uh, I remember a camera pulling back into a mirror and that being the thing that, uh, all of a sudden made a fairly straightforward story suddenly uh, postmodern and self-aware. So it's uh, like like the, the, the seed to take it that way is totally in there. To, um, to sort of go a different direction then, because I've, I've wanted to ask you this for a long time. Uh, the odds of you remembering this are probably slim to none, but I made a joke tweet uh, at you a long time ago about your MGS4 critical close-up. Uh-huh. Uh, and the the essence of it was, did you MGS4 your MGS4 critical close-up? Uh, uh, in, in what in, in In the sense of it never really sort of coalesces into a clear idea. It just sort of gives people what they want and, to get it over with. And also kind of sort of makes a, 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 a bunch of self-aware snide remarks about how yeah. old and played out the series is yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it's pretty meta of your own videos there <laughs> i i appreciated that well what not enough people are talking about are the hidden arg clues i threw into the metal gear solid 2 video Wait, say that again. I, you cut out. Yeah. Sorry. Oh my god. It's it's almost like it's part of the ARG. He got cut off right at the like meat and potatoes. <laughs> it's like, damn it, this is good. In order to, to you know keep things a fun game and and stay in spirit of uh, the, the 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 personality we're big fans of. I'm not going to say exactly where and when they are, but but they're in there. There are clues to an ARG that uh uh linked to to some fun files on a on a website i i hosted some, in the mgs4 some one? sneaky easter eggs onto yeah oh man i gotta go watch it again yeah we got some no, homework you don't, to do. you don't have to go watch it i just i it was fun <laughs> oh man now the imposter syndrome's cutting in and i'm reminded that people actually watch this stuff ah it's oh don't it's good stuff it's entertaining it's informative yeah but i was also like 10 years younger <laughs> <laughs> One of the um, weirdest, weirdest things about being an internet influencer e person, uh, my my fellow video essayist Campster tweets about this a lot because he's also been doing it for ten years. Is that when you do something ten years ago, it's on the permanent record forever, and so you constantly have to be like keeping in mind, oh yeah, people's frame of reference of me includes things from ten years ago that they might have first discovered a month ago. And they're yeah. going to like the, the soup that that uh, forms your personality from their frame of reference is like going to be way, way off of your own. And it's weird. 
But do you still agree with like that first sentence that started off the uh, the whole critical close up, or just like your retro review series? I guess you just said, uh, you know, this series is a clusterfuck. Dude, it's become more of a clusterfuck <laughs> since then. Like, like the the fact that those are like the good old days of 2012 compared to uh, 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 now. You know, not just the places that. Uh, the Metal Gear Solid series itself has gone, but how its predictions on how people interact with media inform their ideas of truth. It's its a clusterfuck. It's still a clusterfuck. Yeah, the world's sure. more of a clusterfuck. It's an Ouroboros of clusterfucks <laughs> eating each other. <laughs> I can see what you mean, though, because old content is sort of a snapshot of a version, not just of what you thought, but of who you are yeah. that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, people are always changing, and uh, it's it's always been a a weird anachronistic uh, thought to to think that you can permanently stamp an image of yourself from from young ago. I I I don't know. It's uh may, maybe similar in ways to some old media, like flipping through an old picture book and being like embarrassed at what you used to wear and how you used to carry yourself and what sort of I guess, uh, to put it more bluntly, what sort of person you used to be back then. Yeah, Aldous Huxley describes it in the foreword for Brave New World. He calls it art, artist remorse. And you always, you always feel weird about something you did in the past. Mm, that, is, that is an elegant way of, of putting it. Obviously, this does not warrant any sort of revisitation of the critical close-up series. But what did you think of Metal Gear Survive? I only played a beta demo and was not too very interested beyond that. And the review scores that came out didn't seem to to defy my expectations. I I do not think much of it. <laughs> I, I will. T- I hate to sound mean, but no, no. But it's to fair. answer the question, I, I I I have not thought of that game much over the past years at all. <laughs> From the outside uh, looking in, I can definitely like see how like yeah. I mean that's that's totally respectable thing you know i i guess like we both dived into it and just like tried to see it for what it was kind of just played the hell out of it for a bit and had a good time and i do feel bad for the development team for being cursed with that sort of thing where like i have heard that it can be fun that it's not bad but it's just so not a like like for the 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 stealth gamer who who wants to like sneak around guards and do slapstick comedy with them and B to release at a time like that with the kind of drama that was going on at the time. Yeah. And one of the many fun Metal Gear Solid conspiracy theories being those like cries for help that people supposedly left into uh, <laughs> Easter eggs of, of the game. Like like that, that that whole combination feels like a horrible amount of baggage to be cursed with for a project you're working on for two years or something at a time. Yeah. It's, ooh, ooh. It's, did you ever play any of the Metal Gear Acid games? A little bit. They're uh, kind uh, of on par with like the first one where it's just sort of an interesting mess. But but it didn't offend anyone. Yeah. You know? But here's the thing. You know, the, the question I want to know the answer to is had Kojima not left and had they put out this exact same game as a spinoff, it would have gone better Then, Yeah. I mean, how much of the negative response to that game comes from just, you know, the, the sourness towards Konami over what happened. 
that's the big elephant in the room that, that did sour it was when Metal Gear Acid was coming out. There was no question that, that the series had not was not in jeopardy. I, right. I, yeah. I remember Metal Gear Solid 4 being announced very early, shortly after MGS3, and they were making spinoffs between them, the Acid games and the portable games. And the difference between uh, the environment when Metal Gear Solid Survive released is that it was in jeopardy. People thought that was... Ugh. People yeah. thought and might have thought rightly that that would be the note it would end on. And it's a shame. I've read some some interviews, very roughly translated uh, interviews with some of the development staff. And the concept for that game was basically born out of them training new staff to come in and work with the engine and the tools that they had. And they had started playing around with the Fox engine and, you know, dropping objects yeah. in the room randomly. And they were like, oh, wow, this is a lot of fun. I wonder if we could do like a tower defense with this. Well, yes, but you can't really do a good tower defense with, you know, normal enemies with guns. They just shoot right through it. So what do we do? Oh, wait, I got it. And that's kind of where it came from. So there's well, like I'm, this. I'm it, sure it wasn't it as cynical as people thought. Well. But how did it control? Did it control super well? Oh, it yeah, controlled it was, great. It was the Fox yeah. engine plus like like it was like a melee build of Fox engine. It was yeah. like more focused on that, and more focused on like pulling off special moves. I would you know give it. I would give it a shot. It's, like if you're just kind of looking for like a a, a cheesy campy you know B movie type. It's weird storyline with with a good engine, and it's just I don't know. Like I had a good time with it. That's but I take a ton of shit for it. <laughs> There's also some strange shades of Death Stranding in it. There are mechanics in that game that that Death Stranding echoes. Yeah, and it gets kind of like a horror game a little bit, too, in some parts where you're just like, all right, this is scary. Like when there's all those bugs on the ground crawling everywhere, you're like, oh, what yeah. the hell? like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I, I do remember some sort of scene involving a stormy weather scene and a giant monster thrashing around in it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's not not to be taken too seriously or anything, but that's I think that's what some people were just like, oh, this is the the way the direction of the series should go, and it was just series was already dead. This was just a fun little spinoff, like using the leftovers of the Fox engine, I guess. So for me, I just dove in because I was craving pretty much anything <laughs> Metal Gear related at that point, and and seeing the Shagaha drift, you know, I mean, you can't really beat that. <laughs> Calling in Metal Gear Ray to to mop up some zombies, it's fun. <laughs> Because that's, and I don't, yeah. I don't want to dwell on the negatives too much. No, though. I mean that's kind of the the crux of what I think made a lot of people angry is that Metal Gear went from this thing that was special and revered and so yeah. carefully curated to now it's just another video game. Yeah, that's what a lot of people would say too. They were like, "Yeah, if they remove the Metal Gear, you know, well, name I from this game, know. I'd enjoy it." And I was like, "What's?" But to just do we, that in we, your head then and enjoy it. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, we, we, we never got like a Metal Gear kart racing spinoff. We kind of did. We did get that one game with Gray Fox uh, that you could be. What was that? Yeah, uh, Konami Crazy Racers. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I'm so sorry. Konami <laughs> Crazy Racers exists. <laughs> <laughs> we need a Metal Gear Maker though. That's that's God. what would uh, that yeah, would solve all of like our problems. It. Just give us like a Mario Maker. So. Actually, uh, for real. Oh yeah, and after playing um, 
oh, what was it? That indie game that was like a, a Metal Gear Unmetal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there is so much potential for uh, 2D Metal Gear to come back in the spotlight, yeah, right? I think. I think the time is... Wouldn't it be crazy if somebody was working on one of those? <laughs> I... I can't believe it hasn't even happened <laughs> yet. That uh, it's not a bigger subgenre of of like indie game pixel art titles. It's I've wondered this for a long time, and I and I I've asked several guests we've had on this question. So I'm curious what you might think. But why do you think it is that that there are so many sort of indie developer made derivatives of you know game archetypes? If you want to call them that. You know, Mario, the Metroidvanias, Sonic, you, you name it. There's, you know, you, you pick a famous classic game and somebody has made like some sort of a version of it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, either either it's a fan game or something inspired by it. But for the longest time, Metal Gear has not had anything. It's only like recently we've seen like Unmetal and I guess there's uh, Undetected is sort of an MGS1 homage that'll be coming because, out because because the msx was not popular in north america yeah but mgs1 yeah. was so why why is it only now people are starting to sort of poke at that i i think it's because those the, the msx games have eluded your your average mainstream you know not your hardcore gamer your average mainstream gamer yeah for mm. so long they they have not played those. The only times they've released in the West were in uh, like re-release collection packages, and and if they had back in the late '80s and early '90s, I feel like they would be a huge part of the cornerstone of gaming culture, uh, like like Metroid, and I don't know, maybe not Mario, but yeah, yeah. I, well, know, on I the mean, scale of Metroid, right? Metal Gear never really hit that point, but. It came so close. On the NES, I mean, the 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 NES port of, of Metal Gear, if you want to call it a port, um, that <laughs> That's <generous>. sold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sold over a million copies in the West. I, I worry that I might sound a bit mean by by putting it this way, but among the, the 2D Metal Gear Solid games, we were wondering why they didn't become more of a of a like classical pillar of the 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 indie pixel art retro gaming pantheon and i just wonder if like the nes one that did get popular in the west if you judge that thing by its own merits even without the context of the whole rest of the series i really wonder if it would have as much staying power as in a vacuum as metal gear 2 on the msx would have like like and metal gear 2 on the msx is a freaking masterpiece yeah. it is yeah but both versions of metal gear 1 i don't know if i'm too eager to like get on a they're hill okay. and defend they're yeah, fine they're fine but metal uh, gear 2 is the masterpiece for sure it's yeah. a sh- man it's a crime we didn't get that here when it came out yeah that would have th- done I, well I really think it would have changed the way that uh, like like gaming history developed for a few years too. Like it would have yeah. been a few years uh, before gaming got got seen as like this adult medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it would have popularized stealth gaming a few years earlier than than happened. It really would have uh, sent us into a a different timeline. Yeah. Even that intro alone, like just on Metal Gear Two, Solid Snake, just like that music and just that mm. build up right there. Just, oh, yeah, man, so like good. in terms of of games having a, a cinematic vibe and a deep, involving story tell stories telling techniques, I think you would see like Metal Gear and Final Fantasy become the pillars of these high standard, long running 
prestige franchises that it came really close. It came really close. Yeah. So then what about, you know, MGS one clearly sort of, uh, laid the groundwork for just about every action game made after it for, for years. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And everybody. Yeah. I, I I could picture that happening a few years earlier had Metal Gear 2 come out in the West too. Yeah. Like like a similar sort of rethinking of the way uh, uh video games tell stories and what they can do with their stories. We we may have been due for that a bit earlier. I agree. Why do you think then that MGS1 didn't sort of have that effect? after the fact in the indie space is it just because those kinds of games were too hard to develop until more recently uh i mean you know there there are a a ton of mgs1 you know i don't want to call them knockoffs because nothing's quite captured that but you know you you can point to games like siphon filter splinter cell and win back and yeah siphon filter and like there there are a ridiculous number of examples of games that took cues from metal gear solid but when it comes to like indie games uh it, no one oh, yeah. really tried to do that until until just recently. I mean, there's volume and undetected, and that's it. I wonder if uh, the simplicity of Metal Gear Solid's mechanics are may, may be a factor at play here. Maybe a lot of ambitious indie developers want something a little a little meatier to to chew on because uh, I've I've heard comparisons of MGS One on on the PlayStation One, not any of the sequels, that it's uh surprisingly close to pac-man and execution <laughs> if you just zoom into the soliton radar <laughs> yeah if you zoom into the soliton radar and uh ignore all the other contexts going on it's <laughs> it might be a a uh unattractively simplistic game for a lot of indie developers who might want to i don't know i i, I don't want to i'm just speculating i don't know if that's really really a thing but i imagine if if I wanted to make a game, I would certainly want to make it more complicated than the the PSX one. You were saying like uh, in your retro reviews, like how like the level design in like the first couple games, you know, really, really drove the game forward, uh, you know, in a series that's normally like narrative driven. You know, you had just a lot of like cool gameplay things going on that it was, it was a lot more gameplay focused then. Yeah. And, and how they never repeat the same thing twice. Yeah. And uh, MGS one and two. And two is probably just too mechanically sophisticated to really tackle, you know, for for just, you know, a single indie dev. Yeah, when you even even now that game's got a lot going on when when you start getting into the territory of individual cubes of ice melting in real time on the countertop, (laughs) the, the, the level of budget is is in a whole new ballpark. God, I can't believe games still don't do stupid shit like that i mean yeah i don't i don't know maybe metal gear solid 2 really just prepped us for disappointment in terms of how in-game ice cube melting technology would go (laughs) when man when that trailer dropped uh at e3 i remember reading um interviews uh with other game developers pc game developers talking about how impressed they were with it you know, watching this and going, how in the hell did they do that on a console? How 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 are they doing this this incredible cinematics cinematic work 
uh, on a on a PlayStation Two when we have a you know when we've got PCs and we can't come close to this? What is going on? Money. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much. I don't know if they actually ever said what MGS2's budget was, but I can't imagine it was small. Oh gosh, I uh, I miss the days when games were were that ambitious. Am I am I wrong for for no. reminiscing about that? There, Cause, no, cause you're not because the there's archetypes like... hadn't been established. Everything was with a big enough budget would be breaking some kind of new ground. Yeah, it was an emerging medium still yeah. in a lot of ways, and now it's like we everybody has this idea of all right, games are this, and you've got this dichotomy now of people with resources but no real value for the art form uh and people who value the art form but don't have any resources and there's very little crossover between those two groups and and then there's also so much more of a formula that multiple yeah. games of multiple genres will follow where like every every four seconds the player has to pick up a little blip of an interactive or something mgs5 was super d duper visible with a lot of uh of the stuff like I think the, the, the around the mid 2010s, a lot of game developers started getting massive amounts of player data uh, uh, downloaded in through through online research mediums like heat maps and stuff coming in mm. that really, really sucked a lot of the individual flavor out of games that you could feel in your fingers when when they're made by multiple studios tackling multiple genres. They all didn't have uh, the the same triple nested menu system with uh very, very similar character progression systems being being spotable across different different types of of experiences. Yeah. It's like, gosh, I can't wait for the next AAA third person action adventure game with a progression skill tree and and cinematic visuals. There's always uh, a fear that whatever they bring back is going to fold into that all too familiar archetype. I remember yeah. a lot of trepidation fighting against the hype fighting against the uh, the the recent uh, misery over Ubisoft and uh how they are going to be remaking a Splinter Cell game and all oh, right I just I I can already picture in my head what what that would really look and feel like I want to be surprised I want to be surprised again That's kind of my worry about Dead Space though I've got some other grapes there oh dead space yeah well dead space is the first dead space uh, is getting a, a, a next gen remake oh yeah that's right and it that strikes me as such a dirty thing given ea's treatment of the development team uh for the originals and and just their general handling of that franchise and how every sequel got more and more gears yeah. horrified Right. You know, the, the corporate meddling got worse and worse and the sales got worse. And then they were just like, well, I guess your team just can't make a successful game. Bye. And and then they announced the remake and are like, you know, this this game has such a strong legacy and it matters so much to us. And I'm thinking none of the people who made that game are even at that company anymore. What are you talking about? You literally got rid of them all and they're off making their own thing now. Sounds similar to what the Metal Gear situation is right now. Well, why do you think I don't want a Metal Gear remake of any kind? Yeah. 
It's it's not just because I don't feel like it's needed, which I don't feel like it's needed. But do you really expect anybody to get that right? Yeah, it's going to be tricky to nail. I mean, like you, like we've all said, we just kind of really want the ports. We just want, especially with the recent news about, you know, PlayStation Now and them doing the. Oh, uh, yeah. That whole switch up. But they did just announce today some preservation team that who knows what they'll preserve and not. But I don't know. Remember, remember when they made a trailer for Death Stranding director's cut PlayStation 5 edition. And in the trailer, Sam hides in a cardboard box, but then puts the box on the shelf. And then there was like a lot of a certain vocal minority of fans who thought that meant it was a stealth announcement of a Metal Gear remake or something. Because what is subtext, right? <laughs> Something only cowards use. I mean, I was told that one of the... I mean, I've been really enjoying myself with the director's cut, but I was told one of the new nightmares that I found in there was, like, of connection to PT. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that seems innocuous enough compared to, like, a lot of the other Kojima conspiracy theories that get banded around. A lot of the Kojima conspiracies are just in complete denial of the idea that a creator may sometimes do something more than once or reference previous work for fun, not because there's any sort of hidden message. They they also really don't like thinking about how expensive Metal Gear Solid 5 was. And how expensive mm-hmm. game development gets when you're also developing your own engine at the same time. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's part of the reason why MGS4 never got a port. A lot of good PlayStation 4 or that PlayStation 3 hits are sadly destined for for a slow, gradual decline down the, the memory hole if emulation doesn't pick back up but wait a second actually i see on the outline that you wanted to talk about that that uh digital foundry might have something to report with regards to uh playstation 3 emulation maybe finally picking up slack uh you just did a transition between topics like we do on the show like (laughs) i can't believe it that was that was awesome that was a good segue yeah good job i i i'm interested in in knowing because um yeah the the ps3 is a real hole in the emulation landscape like i think switch emulation is in a better state last time i checked at least it might be different nowadays we're about to find out right I remember switch emulation being in a better state than ps3 was back when i last uh looked up this stuff the reason for that that is that is a fair assessment a big reason for that is that uh, a lot of nintendo's hardware doesn't really change much from generation to generation you know the joke that that uh, a, a Wii was two GameCubes duct taped together and a Wii U was uh-huh. two Wiis duct taped together. I mean, well, that's well, basically... In, in the Wii slash GameCube emulator, which was the same piece of software, yeah. right. you would just bring down your options menu and open up the controller mapping yeah. screen and go to Waggle and set it to, like, <laughs> Spacebar or something. Exactly, yeah. Right, right. And, and, but it's also the fact that they use hardware that's uh, more easily usable you know it's people developers are more familiar with it they're not using anything special or 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 particularly unique uh yeah they they repurpose last gen's uh uh hardware when when they're like looking for suppliers and stuff yeah and with the ps3 you've got that 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 gosh darn cell processor that forced developers to to code themselves into into 
you know, pretzel shaped objects and just it's getting a computer to emulate that requires, a, you know, it's got a lot of overhead. So but, do you, oh, sorry, sorry, continue. Well, well, the, the I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up here because I tend to go on and on. Um, RPCS3, which is the big PS3 emulation project, uh, has been doing uh, fantastically. The developers are, are miracle workers. Uh, I think they've got over 60% of the PS3 catalog uh, now that you can just play fully, beginning to end. Um, I mean, right, right now, one of the best emulated titles is the original Demon Souls. They've even got private servers running, so if you want to go play that online, you can. What, what do they do uh, about DualSense controller functionality? I don't know. Maybe supported. maybe maybe you're about to get to it, but I remember MGS, MGS4 had some controller exclusive uh, motion control features going on every now and then that weren't yeah. like a big part of the game, but something that supposedly would have made the porting process a little more difficult. Um, the the motion controls, everything with the dual with the with the DualShock Three or the the six axis or whatever. That oh, yeah, all that's works. what it was called back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, when they couldn't get their, their uh, vibrator from their, their vibrator right. suppliers. Um, it all works natively because when you, when you use RPCS3, it just loads up the PS3's firmware. You know, you download it directly from Sony. They have it on their website. You can download easily. So it just, <laughs> really? it just grabs it and, yeah, Jesus. you just go. Well, that's, so, a, that's a change of, of environment from back in the day for sure. But you don't need um, you don't need a dual shock three to play it. The the motion um, feature of that the, controller, the waggle button. What do you bind the waggle button to? Well, no, you can plug in a dual shock four or, or one of the PS5 controllers. You can you can just do it that way because it's got the accelerometer in it. Okay. So it can it can detect it. It doesn't need to to to, to have that exact controller. The only <sighs> thing you're limited on uh are the few cases where games use the pressure sensitive buttons, the face buttons. Oh yeah. The PS2 games, the Metal Gear yeah. Solid, those were the only games. I swear. If you, if you know the other like three PlayStation two games that use that feature, please let me know. Cause I don't. Um, one of the armored cores had it as a core mechanic where you had to like do a half press and then a full press huh. to activate some special feature. And then there was like a music game. Oh, that yeah. had you hit like different pressures to make sure you like you hit the drum soft enough. I mean, and, but it's and such a small some, number some of games. racing games that, that did it. Too. I was going to say Gran Turismo had it. Yep. Yeah, it? yeah. But yeah, a lot of those the... racing games, you can, you know, remap the controls. Sure. But man, that 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 whole way of thinking of pressing a button really fizzled away with time. I miss. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I can really say I miss it because it's something that was hard to notice in the first place. But God, there's a lot of cool things that we could have been doing with pressure sensitive buttons this whole time. MGS4 did have like one, maybe two uses for the pressure sensitive controls, but it was nothing really. Uh, for lack of a better word, integral to the to the yeah, gameplay, not, um, not aiming and canceling a shot. Right. Yeah, it was it was like like how far you zoom in during cutscenes if you want to pan around or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like that was one of them. And I think there was something else. But getting to the point, because I've been kind of going around here, um, MGS4. Uh, you can play from beginning to end. Uh, 4K, 60 frames a second, if 
you've got the hardware to run it. That's the big caveat right now. Pretty much CPU dependent, right? Yeah, it's it's RPCS3 is heavily CPU dependent. So, you know, having a good GPU helps, but the big thing is you need a very powerful multi-core CPU in order to run it properly. But if you've got it, barring a few bugs and crashes here and there, for the most part, you can play the whole game, you know, front to back. Yeah, and it is a pretty fussy setup, too. Like, I mean, just, just yeah. getting all... Like, you have to download a specific build of the emulator, and then right. you have to make sure all the settings are right, and then you have to get the Canary file for it, and then install mm. the Canary build. You know, it's... it's, you it's know the what the TLDR here is that it's unoptimized, but you can do it. It's getting yeah, that's there. Fine. Devs, that's fine. Right. Yeah. I play games like that all the freaking time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> The, yeah, it's we're not far from that game being playable uh, for for quite a wide selection of people. But, that and but, uh, and MGO two are also like MGO two runs like like buttered pretty much. If uh, oh right, because it's they disable all the visual filters. Yeah. Also, I was just about to yeah, people can uh, plug in some reshade into uh, Metal Gear Solid Four, and finally, after fifteen years or however long it's been, turn the brown and bloom a bit down. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'll tell you, go if you get a chance, go look up Digital Foundry's video that they just put out about it. If you want to see what MG what a, what an MGS4 remaster might look like. Yeah, uh, it's crazy to see that game running at that high of a resolution at at a it, reasonable frame rate. Frame rate. Yeah, 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 the 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 PS3 was never, never kind to those uh, first few big levels where you actually like need it, where you need a third person yeah. camera panning around a bunch of chaos going on on a battlefield and you would inevitably see it drop. I'd... It's it's kind of wild what they had to deal with when they were making that game, because from I, I may have again, I may have the details wrong here, but from what I remember, the early specs and and example hardware that they sent to the 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 bigger developers uh, in advance of the PS3 coming out and the, the the full development tools being distributed uh those early specs were were higher than what the eventual hardware was and so you remember that very first real mgs4 trailer that looks super amazing high frame rate super detailed it's just it looks Close nothing like the final cigarette. game yeah yeah mm -hmm. um that was made using that oh. those as a reference point I, I also want to to further uh, um, stimulate everyone's nostalgia here. Is this the trailer that ends with Snake saying something like, Otacon, the cell processor in the Sony yep. PlayStation yeah. 3 is going to help <laughs> us win this console war. Yep. God, I, I um, remember. Thanks. thanks for the reminder. I remember. The irony. I, you know, I had a friend who uh, years ago worked at EA and it was during this generation, and he told me once that the PS3 was such a pain in the ass to develop for that anytime they were working on a multi-platform title, they would develop it for the 360 first and then port it, mm -hmm. despite the fact that it would take a quality hit because it was just so damn difficult to do it the other way. Mm. Yep, that's that's how it worked back then. And even though the PS3 was the more expensive purchase mm -hmm. with the bigger fancier hardware you would have uh situations where like bayonetta was it had a better version on the 360 instead yep um yeah that was the like slump that uh japanese gaming was kind of going through that uh 
that like Phil Fish got in a bunch of trouble for, uh, for commenting oh, on. Oh God, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, like, every time I think about that period, unfortunately, Phil Fish is the first thing that Phil Fish yeah. making fun of that poor indie developer is like the first thing that comes to my mind. It it took Japan a few years to to get things back in gear. Was it Kudaragi who said something to the equivalent of the reason they make the PlayStations so difficult to develop for is so that the games get progressively more advanced through the life cycle of the system? Something to the equivalent of that? Do you remember that? Have you ever uh, heard anything like that? Uh, it sounds like logic that that gen would have phased away with the next one because yeah because mark cerny was all like hey guys we're basically making a, a computer you already know how to develop for this uh playstation 4 coming out later this year yeah thank god just i mean it worked everyone had to learn what x86 means that, right. that week <laughs> which funny enough you know despite the fact that mgs4 has never been ported to any other platforms there is uh, an x86 or, or or windows compatible build of that engine already uh that konami used for metal gear arcade oh my god it runs natively the in... series is such a clusterfuck yeah it runs <laughs> metal oh. gear arcade if you have the binary the official binary that runs that. on those machines yes, it just runs I just in said, windows let me go get it you get <laughs> <laughs> I, I, ha I have it in my pantry somewhere. One, one yeah. moment, please. God. But, you know, oh, I can't I can't believe that there are so many spinoffs that everyone completely forgot, because unlike Metal Gear Survive, the series <laughs> was not in jeopardy at the time and they could safely come and go without being right. Uh, uh, remembered for this kind of long haul discussion we're having here. I'm just shocked they never made a battle royale. Oh, look at that. I mean, the, technically uh, speaking. I know, uh, yeah. A sharper shadow resolution in the emulated version. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's it looks good. I mean, it looks really good. <laughs> Otacon. RCPX3 is going to help us <laughs> emulate this God. stuff 15 years later in the future. <laughs> if they ported it, how much would they have to change just to make it work? Like you would have to be re-recording dialogue. They'd probably get rid of all the licenses for the, the PC licenses. Version? If no, I'm saying if Konami officially ported, you know, let's say the stars align, pigs fly, <laughs> Konami decides to port MGS4 to literally anything else. Are they going to go through the trouble of like stripping out all the Sony references and all the Apple merchandise yes, and yes and it, regain and and like and, the umpteen million weapon licenses and 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 they will do it on such a low cost of of both money and labor because they can plug <laughs> they can go to the David Hayter AI voice generator oh, and God, just get a robot this. version of him to say something like press the left mouse button to God. activate your code deck <laughs> and like whenever just, I, whenever a licensed product comes up on screen there's just like a black box over it just inside no, no, no. it's it's got to be like iPod? those uh like from the rap videos you know when they um they smudge out the logos it's got to be like that yeah <laughs> it's just a it's the johnny blur it's the Johnny Crotch blur. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, they already pulled off some similar stunts with the PC ports before. It didn't, the world didn't end. 
Uh, there's they? some really weird lines in the Metal Gear Solid 2 port where you can hear the colonel oh, right, right. waking up on a very different day than the other parts of his sentence. It's like suddenly he sounds 10 years older. Why? Uh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. So, no, they've, they've done it before. I, I, it is not within, outside the realm of possibility. I mean, I, it's 2022. Even with uh, Death Stranding and with the Monster Energy drinks getting subbed out for just generic shit. I think he'd learned his lesson by then, and they knew that they would have to do something like that. Like, and director's cut, it's it's time. It's Bridges energy drink. So now Bridges, you know, apart from being their last remaining remnants of our federal government, and also has the time and resources to make energy drinks. <laughs> God, I care Just, very deeply about suspending my disbelief. <laughs> Just make an in-game brand, people. Just take ten minutes and come up with a goofy idea and put it in. Well, oh, they they on. do have that though with the Timefall beer. Yeah, it's like that's yeah. Yeah. it's integrated. Yes. How does it make it worse? It just like I never like I've, compare. I've okay, mostly... compare like Bridges Energy Drink and Timefall beer to mm-hmm. like Tokugawa Heavy Industries or mm-hmm. Saint Logic or or any of these other you know, arms tech or any of these other companies that they've created for other series that, you know, like they, they, they at least take some time to come up with a well, name and a history and a logo. And well, instead of just slapping a name on it, what one like advantage, and I mean, this is objective scientific fact. You cannot dispute what I'm about to say. One advantage <laughs> that silly product placement will always have over fictional brands is a little chuckle. Yeah. Every time I saw the Monster Energy drink in in Death Stranding, I I, I gave a little chuckle. And frankly, I don't know if I would have a little chuckled as much as I did I, if uh if yeah. I will say when Kojima brand. does the product placement, I never feel like it's um I never feel disgusted by it. It's yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's always for it. the fu- for, for humor. Like the Doritos and Peace Walker. Yeah, yeah Peace Walker too. literally has the gamer product trifecta of Doritos, Mountain Dew, and Axe Body. And they refill your health. Like right? it is it is a parody. In yeah. all the in in the, the these big examples we're going through, it seems like it's a very self aware parody of how silly it is in the first place. So I think it's not that bad. Yeah, uh, it's definitely better uh, than the uh, than the subtle. Yeah, but it's less I mean, expensive, I, so you got to pay for the for the for the gag. That's, it, that's what it comes Kojima down to. Kojima gets to cash in his monster energy check, and I get to have a little monster energy chuckle. I hate it. Do you think Kojima actually has had more than a single monster energy? I in his think life? it is within the realm of possibility that he might have had two. <laughs> okay. Probably the white one, sugar-free one. Those are better. The diet ones are better. They they genuinely taste better. I like the blue one. Yeah, sugar free. I know we're we're kind of going on long here, um, because we usually try to wrap up at about an hour and a half. I don't want to take up too much of your time, um, but there was something you mentioned, and I don't know if you wanted to take the time to touch on it or not. Oh uh, no. Uh, but you you mentioned briefly uh before the show that you had some thoughts about how MGS sort of ties into ancient mythology. Or or just like the way my interests developed as time and yeah. aging went on. I, I really you, you called it the MGS to ancient myth pipeline. The 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 idea of a of a magical realism setting really, really appeals to me. 
And I think it's because I, I was really into Metal Gear Solid as a kid and has this unique magical realism setting. And then I really got into ancient history over the past few years. Uh, uh, a not so small reason why is, is that the Trump election was going on at the time and the direction the world just seems to be going into really spurred a lot of fascination with me trying to figure out how we got here. Um, and the discovery that in the, the ancient world, a lot of people would have viewed the real world as a magical realism setting where uh, the further and further back in time you go, the more and more superstitious a lot of their logic looks, but the more and more you research deeply into particular versions of ancient world logic, the more and more it really strikes me as inductive reasoning that makes a lot of sense when you try to immerse your brain from the perspective of someone who's dealing with a lot more unknowns and ignorance than people do nowadays. That's interesting that you brought it up. Um, like, cause not necessarily like it, I've, I've, I've explored a similar logic, not necessarily with ancient mythology. Well, I don't want to get controversial here, but, um, yeah, I, I grew up in like a Southern Baptist church. Right. Uh, so they were very adamant about, you know, following specific rules from the Bible. Um, and I guess part of trying to, you know, um, I guess live through that or accept it or understand it while I was a child was understanding that sort of historical context. So for example, like they would always iterate, um, you know, I'm probably not saying this right. They would always iterate like, Oh, the pig is like a dirty animal. Like it's the animal of Satan or something like that. When, you know, there was some logic behind it in that, like there were some, um, uh, like, um, like parasites or some particular, um, Mm -hmm. Organi- yeah. organism that mm-hmm. could not be cleaned out of pigs at that time period. And so like a, like a soft truth almost where someone would say, don't eat those berries. They're cursed. Uh, and, and it will put a curse upon you if you eat that. Just that curse is diarrhea. Yeah. Right. The, the <laughs> effect is, you know, it's, it's, it, it does sort of go back to what you were saying about the, 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 the method of reasoning where the, the reason itself might not be correct, but they're making a, 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 a not incorrect inference about the cause, you know, about yeah, the a, action a, and the effect of that action. I, I have a great, a great example. The formal study of economics did not really become a thing until like mid to late 1600s at best ballpark estimate. However, for thousands of years before that, people knew that a farm that sacrificed its surplus animals was probably going to be doing better than the farms that didn't do their sacrifices. Oh my gosh. The the idea of that inductive logic being like religious superstitious stuff, but actually plugging into a kind of like prototypical way of 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 stabilizing society and running society in a way that they might not have been aware of, but we can translate nowadays into hard math is is I, I think really, really important in terms of trying to understand why people in the past made the sort of decisions that they did. But to plug it actually into Metal Gear Solid stuff, it has to do with magical realism and the idea that crazy magical stuff could have been happening on battlefields. And I mean, you know, safe bet it wasn't, but uh, people would have genuinely believed it and it carried grand historical consequences for future generations. 
the I, I think ultimate example that that a lot of mainstream normie people will know off the top of their head is uh, Emperor Constantine having a vision of a cross flying in the sky before a battle, and uh, there were letters under the cross that spelled out in Latin instructions to use a Christian symbol on their shields, and that that would help them win the battle. And uh, supposedly he had that vision, and they they painted the the, the chi rho symbol on their shields and won the battle and took it as a sign of divine intervention. A lot of stuff that nowadays we would attribute to to luck and and chance and uh, a certain sort of random quality to the universe they didn't have like complicated algebraic formulas to translate it that way so they would assume divine intervention so another a smaller example that's more obscure that sounds incredibly metal gear solid-esque to me is something i read from herodotus where he tells the story of two armies there there's a greek army fighting probably another greek army because that's usually how that would go and one of them knew that a solar eclipse was about to happen. They, they, they had some predictive data from, from the wise man, from Miles of, of Miletos, <laughs> Talos of Miletos, had given them a prediction that this eclipse was about to happen. The other side didn't. They didn't know what they were looking at. They were freaking out. They thought that it was an, an omen from the gods and uh, hurt themselves in their panic compared to the other side who... Uh, didn't know what was going on, but at least knew to predict it and and fared better from it. Uh, yeah, the the idea that a lot of the crazy stuff going on in a Metal Gear Solid story is something that that sounds like like emotional conjecture from a human brain piecing together things in the moment instead of sifting through evidence a few years later in the future really, really appeals to me. In in terms of uh, uh, reminiscing on the, the the romantic adventure of those games and what kind of of vibes they were trying to convey and how a lot of them might be more older and primordial than 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 most of us know. This is um this is not an exact uh, an exactly similar example, but you're reminding me a bit of um. Not not from Metal Gear, just kind of stepping away from a second. But did you ever play Silent Hill Shattered Memories? Yeah, that was one of my favorites. I love that game, and I felt like it was a just a wonderful bookend to that franchise. Uh, it, it, you didn't need anything else because of the way it sort of framed. You, if you extrapolate out what that game did, you could almost say that all of this uh, weird all of these weird happenings in the Silent Hill games could just be the the manifestations of a troubled mind. In the case of Shattered Memories, and uh, spoiler alert, mute it for the next 10 seconds, the, the, the mind of a teenage girl who's trying to cope with the loss yeah. of her father. Like, the psychologist is literally telling you that this is a childish fantasy you've been playing through. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a fantastic game. Like, a real precursor, I think, to, to what Telltale would... Uh become famous for a few years later i felt like a cool guy because when everyone was playing the walking dead i was like oh it's it's like shattered shattered memories that you should go play that one too that's another good <laughs> that was one of the western ones too which was even more surprising yeah yeah you you said book into the the series and i i wish it was man how cool would it have been if that was 
the actual last Silent Hill. It w- it just felt like, you know, what else do you need to, where else is there to go, right? I've, we were I've talking always about sort dumb of... little spinoffs. This is like a big, good spinoff. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've always sort of felt like Silent Hill sort of hamstrung itself with Silent Hill 2. You know, it was a victim of its own success in that regard. Every game after that sort of had to detach itself from the original premise of, ooh, spooky town with a cult, and instead go into, oh, it's actually a manifestation of what you bring with you, blah, blah, blah. And and, and everyone know. brings with them sexy nurses. Right, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, Everybody's done something horrible before they've gone here. If anything, the Silent Hill games make me feel like I'm the weirdo for, like... <laughs> not being that big on sexy nurses. I don't know. Apparently that's a thing everyone else is into, I guess. Have you gone to silenthill.com recently? Oh, I thought you were just about to say, have you gone to Silent Hill? <laughs> <laughs> like just, just the town. No, hopefully not. Yeah. Uh, I do no, want to visit I Centralia. haven't. Let's, let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, if it's still Silent there, Hill. you're going to get a laugh. Dot com. Yeah, it's still there. I wish I hadn't designed pyramid head. Is this a real tweet? I'm conditioned not to think that things on the internet are real. That is a real tweet, but... All right, you're uh, telling me this, but I'm still going to Google it and fact check it. (laughs) All right, that's fine. Go for it. I respect you for not believing us. Wish I hadn't designed Pyramid Head. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So not only has Konami lost ownership of that domain, but the guy who owns it put up a tweet from the guy who created Pyramid Head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just a reminder of how the guy who created Pyramid Head does not own Pyramid Head. Yep. Yeah, you I can was... work your ass off for another person's uh intellectual property, and even though you made that, they really own it. I it's so funny to look at Pyramid Head's design today in comparison to how he actually looked in Silent Hill 2, because they they, they made him sexy. They flanderized the hell out of him. <laughs> it makes since don't know yeah. if i like it but it makes sense i guess i don't oh. like i don't like it but it there's <laughs> got to be a better way to explain that feeling of like begrudging acceptance of like how how things just aren't the way you want them to be but it makes perfect freaking sense that they are the way they are i'm sure there's a big <sighs> fancy german super word for that feeling right yeah they've always got good words for that. <laughs> i'm still i'm still impressed by what is it schadenfreude so mm-hmm. I'm probably not saying that right. Embarrassment on someone else's behalf. Yeah, it's an yeah. awesome word. So um, I, I know that we're like super over time, uh, but I just want to make sure this does get covered because I think Apache deserves it considering he called it last episode. Oh, no. But it was funny because last week uh, or two weeks ago when we recorded, Apache was telling us about how uh, there was an MGS speedrunner who was working on figuring out a way in a multi-segmented run to um, skip the ladder scene effectively. Uh, He's like, yeah, this dude's going to get it down in a week. You guys are going to see it. It's going to be the shit. We're like, yeah, we're we're totally looking forward to it. Not, Not that we didn't believe him, but, you know, it was mostly just conjecture. Come the next day. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Appel is like, yo, I, I fucked the ladder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that literally was the next day. Yeah. T poses up the MGS3 ladder. It's amazing. Oh, Just assert dominance and you're up. Just stretch your arms out and fly, kid. <laughs> he looks like Christ the Redeemer <laughs> when he does it. So have, have you guys been playing Elden Ring? I did for a bit, yeah. Did you I see haven't... the... 
the tendency in that game for every single long ladder to have messages next to it <laughs> referencing Metal Gear. Yeah. Without fail, every That's single great. ladder. Yeah, the little note, we, uh, snake, snake ahead. We, 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 we know what that reference is. <laughs> I did see a report of Japanese players being confused by why there were so many notes saying Fortnite. Yeah, it doesn't translate well. Really, yeah. really f incredibly fascinating article. I love stuff like that. I love, I love uh, cultures and, I've, and how things do and don't translate the same through different human yeah. brains. I've always wondered how much of Metal Gear we're missing as a result of that. I love that shit. I, I was talking in the, the chat about how uh, anachronistic it is that the end is dying in a forest, and one of his last thoughts is like, Protect me, spirits of the forest. <laughs> this Shinto Buddhist Russian sniper from the 1900s <laughs> is uh, is is doing something really characteristically Japanese there, buddy. And then he explodes. Then he explodes. And says the end, the end, the end. Have you ever noticed how the Japanese and English versions of the end, like they just took totally different interpretations from the lines? That, that no, I have never uh, listened. I, I listened to a bit of Japanese Metal Gear Solid Four, but I've never listened to Japanese Metal Gear Solid in general. Well, there's, a, there's a, you get when you first knock him down, he gives like a random line. It's like one of three lines, and one of them is like the boss taught you well. Mm -hmm. And in the English, he says it really slowly, and then Japanese, he fucking screams it down the microphone. <laughs> it's it's so good. Oh, he's way more eccentric in the Japanese. Yeah, the Japanese version. end is awesome. Yeah, he's like in the, in the U.S. version, he's very somber and soft spoken and Gosh. slow. And in Japanese, he's like. <laughs> the whole Cobra squad sound like they would be a lot of fun and just like like really high pitched, screechy Japanese comic antics. Yeah. Fun guys to get a beer with. Pain as well is quite eccentric in Japanese, but he's eccentric in English, to be fair. Doesn't they're not different. He's a character who makes a lot more sense when you. uh uh, find out what uh, super sentai poses mean. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of anachronist, of these, of these Russians in the Cold War doing Japanese stuff. Right, which is why, which is also why they explode. <laughs> yeah, no, it's to. Uh, um, I'm sure there's a rational. Yeah, it's to keep their 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 parasite technology from falling into the the right, American but that, hands. But that's the reference, though, is it's a super sentai reference. I hate. That's, that's, I hate that it's parasites. Oh my god. Oh, I know. I hate it. It's it's nano machines too. No, what a retcon. Uh, I just wanted to accept magical realism. That's the thing. When you like crack open the Iliad and the Odyssey, everyone has superpowers and no one questions it. Actually, no, the, uh, people have superpowers and Homer justifies it by just saying back when men were real strong men in those <laughs> days, unlike you pansies now, Hector lifted a boulder and punched it with his fist. It's like he, he emasculates the audience to justify the superpowers and and uh, you just you can just roll with it. You don't got to give Odysseus parasites. You don't give Odysseus parasites. It's a moot point in Metal Gear because they never explain Psychomanus. So even if you explain every other thing, as long as he's still there, you haven't really solved oh, it. Oh, I love Metal Gear Solid 3 because it reads so much like a like a work of, of urban fiction, urban fantasy, modern yeah. mythology. 
but but the the nano machines and the parasite stuff like i as, as big a fan as i am i will block it out i i would rather think of of these characters in the same tradition as as greek demigods well, that's a good comparison too like we always compare it to like star wars with how just like you know it's the introduction oh God, of midichlorians you know it's just like the the parasites are like the analog version of the mm -hmm. digital nano machines you know it's just this over explanation of everything and when they introduced the midichlorians it was like oh there goes all the fucking magic you, you know so you seem and, like the kind of guy i could get a beer with and complain about mgs4 for like an hour <laughs> i wonder what gave you that idea <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, um, in ancient mythology, in Homer, the reason people have superpowers is because it was written like several hundred years after the fact, during a much worse time in Greek history, and Homer was being nostalgic and, and waxing about how much bigger and stronger men must have been back in those days. Is that how the twin snakes happen? It's just like Otacon just remembering <laughs> Snake being a lot stronger than he actually was. It's like they did a fucking flip over the hallway. Threw a grenade into the barrel of a tank. <laughs> 2,500 years later, uh, Homer uh, uh, giving his character superpowers, somehow one thing leads to another, and now we all have to, to deal with the, the implications of the VR simulation theory for Metal Gear Solid 2. No! It's like that domino no. meme. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love it, though. It, it really... That is a perfect domino. <laughs> I, I absolutely love having a nice, clean, clear narrative in my head that outlines a series of events going from Homer to the Lolly Lou Lay Low. You don't it, it, you don't need to explain everything. It's it's I didn't I don't think I really appreciated stories that remained sort of comfortably ambiguous until MGS4 came and kind of took a crap on MGS2. <laughs> And we also are now living in the age of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where oh, if a company God, yeah. launches a new IP, they're going to want to, uh, the safest Connected bet in. is to make sure that you can have a billion other spinoff properties coming off of it as well. Yeah. Which means with time, the, uh, let's see, what's a good way to put it? The universal cosmological canon decay factor will will weigh in in a few years down the line all of a sudden the wizards at hogwarts were were shitting themselves all along and we just didn't know oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh is this the death of fiction that's a great yeah. i was going to say that's a great way to describe the end of history so uh speaking of things ending uh, do you guys want to talk about uh, the future of the stealth game genre and other stealth games, or do we have time? Do you have time, I guess, is the question. Yes, because right, that cool. would give me an opportunity to talk about my Hunt Showdown addiction. Do it. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, so I've been cripplingly, unhealthily addicted to a multiplayer game lately called Hunt Showdown that I believe has a lot of appeal for Metal Gear Solid fans. It is a multiplayer stealth game that captures a lot of the ethos and ideas of Metal Gear Solid 3, but reinterpreting them into a competitive first-person shooter for kids who grew up on Counter-Strike, where um, you have to sneak through the woods around uh, bad guys, there is a lot of camouflage happening at play. Almost all the combat that you do is uh, like Looney Tunes slapstick comedy presented with this really serious uh, aesthetic style. And it is an 
absolutely ingenious way of thinking of how stealth and violence should work in a video game. Hunt Showdown is genius, and here's why. It has always been a bit of a puzzle how to do stealth gaming mechanics from the first-person perspective. Uh, usually what you see in most, uh, let's say, Far Cry derivative-style first-person stealth system is your character just having straight-up X-ray vision. That is a concession from how in earlier third-person stealth games and the Metal Gear Solid games, you'd have an overhead camera. The, the whole problem is how can you help a player be able to know what's on the other side of the wall before they turn around the corner and expose themselves. Hunt Showdown does this through sound design. The uh, big gimmick going on here is that every single footstep every single player makes is loud as hell. <laughs> and it oh, ends up man. giving the game a mind-bogglingly... Uh, array of possibilities in every match where your mind starts racing about how every single footstep that you're taking matters in a way that cascades into a series of other unfortunate events as the match goes on later. But there are like maybe six different footsteps surfaces that you can walk on three different speeds of, uh, of, of movement you can listen for on top of those surfaces and the speed changes depending on which direction a player is moving. So you can effectively after mastering the, the sound system, you can understand where another player is looking without having to look at them yourself just by kind of judging the sounds of their, their footsteps. And it oh, that's really, wild. it really does feel like immersing yourself into the head of a solid snake, Sam Fisher, uh, type character where you're using a lot of more organic intuition of your brain trying to get in the heads of the the enemies and uh, understand the patterns they've been walking through and the areas they've been paying attention to to understand what route would keep you concealed from them uh, because it also is very much a stealth game it takes place in the late 1890s where every time you shoot a gun it's going to take a minute to reload the next shot back in and uh, that that kind of that that ingeniously funnels all the combat down into little stealth puzzles of people trying to flank each other to sneak up on angles they're not looking at um so everything has a has a heavy cost every action yes they're a lot like rainbow six siege and counter-strike it's a tactical shooter where there is a big strategic element at play for all of the non-shooting actions you're going to be doing but unlike those games there's also a very big stealth system at play too and it's just about the only time i've ever seen a multiplayer stealth game really work and it's partially because everyone's on the same playing level playing field uh you know did, did you, you guys ever play the spies versus mercs mode and oh Splinter yeah Cell? yeah it was when you were describing when you were talking about how first person shooting has like it, it it's been touchy with stealth that that's exactly what i thought about yeah that 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 game like played off the tension of it like you were either a big slow clumsy soldier inside their helmet or a super sneaky cool ninja with the third person camera and hunt showdown everyone gets to be the sneaky cool ninja i remember that being a big dynamic to spies versus mercs was no one it's if you were playing as mercs, you were tolerating it. You were really playing that mode because the spies yeah. get to do cool stealth stuff. It's ironic, though, to think about this, getting the, the stealth multiplayer concept right. And I'm, I'm, I, I kind of looked up some footage real quick to sort of get a, a rough idea of it, and I can see what you're talking about. Um, but 
it's it's interesting because Metal Gear itself kind of never got it, you know? Yeah, what, they had that mode mean? where you could be, you know, you could have the camo and then the other guys were trying to basically oh, guard the... Oh, the multiplayer. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is, it is a better execution of stealth multiplayer than any of the yeah. Metal Gear Solid multiplayers, which, I don't know, in my humble opinion, I, they're fine. <laughs> they're, they're fun, but they're bad. not really heavily stealth-based. And and I also couldn't play them forever like I can with Hunt Showdown. It is the most addicted I've ever been to a game. Easily. Uh, it is so surreal and magical having an experience where a real human player does something you would expect a dumb stealth AI guard to do. Uh, they recently <laughs> added a gadget to Hunt Showdown um, where you have a throwable decoy, a distraction item, like in a stealth game. And uh, usually... In previous versions of the games, they would make a kind of metallic clanking noise. And in the latest patch, they re, 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 rejiggered the game design. Those decoys now make a real ordinary footstep noise that sounds just like a human player. And oh, man, it is hilarious. You throw a distraction item. People come over to investigate with their backs turned to your hiding spot. <laughs> and, and it opens them up oh, for easy headshots. It is, it's a really frustrating game to learn because so much of that combat is going to be one-shot ambushes from angles you weren't expecting. But with the way it designs the game and that sound system, uh, the way it designs the, the map of the game and the sound system, you usually know when you're walking into someone else's trap. And it also kind of sort of uh, puts you in the, the perspective of people getting sniped by Solid Snake from the corner too. Like, like you'll get shot... And, and you won't know where it's coming from by someone who was sneaking, but it it feels fair and deserved because you wandered into a dark, spooky area with scary <laughs> yeah, right. footstep noises. I so it doesn't feel unfair. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you will think back and be like, wow, 30 seconds ago, I acted like a dumb stealth game guard. <laughs> and, and every now and then, every few matches, you will be the cool guy hiding in the shadows while the other players are, are you know, dumb stealth game guards. And it's all because of how it arranges the objectives and the sound system and the way the map distributes cover versus open areas. Quick aside, I will say that one thing that surprised me about Metal Gear Online is how often people ignore cardboard boxes. I don't remember them being that useful. It, I mean, the game sort of randomly scatters them around the map, and after a while, you sort of learn to ignore them. So when you drop into one, people tend to ignore it. Yeah, so, you know what's hilarious is people using cardboard box strats in Elden Ring multiplayer, too. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, there's other stealth games that are doing Metal Gear Solid stuff better than the yeah, actual well, official Metal Gear Solid multiplayer games. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at this point, though. But first person stealth. Yeah, there there hasn't really been anyone that's cracked it. I think that. Uh, and this seems to. The I, I think that that this one has cracked it, but I also you know gotta give some more credit to Thief Games, which is why I also would want people to look forward to Gloomwood coming out. Uh, it, it just says soon right now, but uh, I am unfamiliar with that. Either later this year, or next year. Uh, it is a indie first-person stealth game that is going to be made in the style of the old Thief Games, except Ooh. they are consciously saving on graphics budget by doing a kind of uh, Valheim low poly, low texture resolution, pixel art style that 
You have paints me at beautiful, Valheim. Paints beautiful pictures from a distance, but when you get up close, you, you'll see the pixels and stuff. Yeah, Wormwood, not Wormwood, Gloomwood, I think, is a really good-looking game that uh, looks like a, a another fun interpretation of being a, a sneaky bastard in a, in a layer full of bad guys. That sort of late 90s visual style, I mean, yeah, it was low fidelity, but man, there's just something charming about it. I yeah. like how clean and easy they are to read. You can tell very easily which parts of the environment you can interact with and which you can't. And yeah. That is always frustrating me in modern games is uh, how much Yeah, the background is blending into it, yeah. And, it's, it's been like your... a second renaissance for PS1 style games. Oh, yeah, PS1 Bloodborne just came out. Right, Shortly right. before the announcement of PS1 Bloodborne Cart. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. That's amazing. <clears throat> All right, George, we're coming up on two hours here. Woo. Um, it's been a it's been a blast talking with you, man. Uh, we're all definitely big fans of your videos and mm. all the critical close ups over the years. And as Metal Gear fans, we appreciate you diving in deep. And I promise not to bring it up. <laughs> it's 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 fine. Yeah, we know that's old. You, it's okay. I'll I'll expect the worst anyway because Metal Gear Solid Two predicted all of this anyway. Yeah. But yeah, if you wanted to uh, plug your stuff where people can find your work online. Uh, YouTube.com slash Bunny Hop Show. Uh, search for Super Bunny Hop and stuff I made will show up. Uh, something new comes out every month, I hope. Sometimes faster, <laughs> sometimes slower, but it still it happens at least. That much is reliable. Yeah. Um, I stream every now and then. I I, uh, I I have a lot of fun on Twitter. Um, you know, it's the the, the trifecta of, of most influencers' content, right? Is the, the YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, we appreciate you coming on. And, yeah, uh, this this has been a blast. Yes. I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, yeah. I've been no, asking thanks. for this as a birthday gift since this podcast has been in production, <laughs> so... I hope I was less disappointing than I could have been. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yep. Thank you, guys. 